Welcome to the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily, hosted by me, RMD editor Chris Clow. In this month's episode, I take a little bit of a different approach and take a look back at the biggest stories to come across RMD's news desk in 2021 based on RMD's internal traffic and engagement metrics. 2021 proved to be a very eventful year in the space, with the continuing issues stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as business realities and trends that combined into a notable increase in volume for the year when compared with 2020. So sit back and enjoy this retrospective look at RMD's biggest 2021 stories. This proved to be yet another atypical year for the reverse mortgage industry, the United States, and the larger world. 2020 was understandably dominated by the onset of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic and a lot of businesses' adjustments to it. There were also notable national events that would come to shape the reverse mortgage industry, not the least of which being the transition to a new presidential administration and the establishment of new policy priorities that come with any administration transition. The reverse mortgage program was not spared from these shifting political realities. By contrast, then, when compared to 2020, 2021 was a year of adjustment to a new normal. The pandemic continues to persist, but the development of various treatments not available in the prior year has given the country, and indeed the reverse mortgage industry, new tools to adjust as things begin to look different. Reverse mortgage lenders introduced a series of new products and initiatives designed to expand the base of borrowers who can be served, while at the same time, the industry relied more heavily on existing customers than at any previous time in at least the last 12 years based on engagements measured by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development and the Federal Housing Administration. Those big events don't always translate into the most read stories when it comes to RMD, however. Sometimes they do, but you might be surprised to see that the stories that grab the most attention of readers are pretty varied. So to that end, here are the top 10 most read stories published on RMD in 2021, and we're going to start this time from the bottom of the list. Number 10 on our list was published on RMD on June 8th of 2021 and revolved around the industry-leading lender, American Advisors Group, or AAG, when it announced that it completed moving into a new corporate headquarters in Irvine, California, and expanded its footprint in the city's Irvine Towers complex while consolidating its overall geographic footprint in its local community in order to reflect a new hybrid workforce model stemming from the pandemic. Overall, while the company has expanded its presence in the office complex, the transition to a hybrid working model has had a demonstrable impact on the work-life balance of the company's employees and is expected to translate into a favorable evolution for the company's workforce, according to executives who spoke with RMD. This also comes on the heels of an interview that we conducted just about one year ago with AAG founder and CEO Reza Jahangiri, where he talked a lot about the adjustments that needed to be made in light of the pandemic. This includes taking a more flexible approach with the company's employees, and the new hybrid workforce model seems to indicate that the company is leaning very much into moving forward with that kind of concept. Number nine on our list came on June 18th of 2021, when Aquin Financial Services, the parent company of both PHH Mortgage Corporation and its subsidiary Liberty Reverse Mortgage, another top 10 lender, 
announced that PHH acquired the operations, employees, and assets of Reverse Mortgage Solutions from its previous owner, Mortgage Assets Management. The deal also brought about the acquisition by PHH of all of the outstanding equity interests in the RMS real estate-owned business, REO Management Solutions, or just REO for short. This naturally garnered a lot of attention from RMD's readership just because it kind of upended the servicing portfolio landscape, and it was a sale that was reportedly valued at approximately $12.4 million according to company announcements, subject to post-closing adjustments, of course. The deal was reportedly made for Liberty to strengthen its market position in the reverse mortgage space, according to the CEO and president of Aquin Financial, Glenn Messina. He said, we are very pleased to announce the proposed acquisition of the RMS reverse mortgage and servicing and REO platforms. And the biggest impact, arguably, on the reverse mortgage industry is that Liberty is now going to be serving as a completely end-to-end provider of reverse mortgage services. This story has a little bit of additional punctuation on it because of the financial position of Aquin in recent years, where it has uh, pretty aggressively aimed to stabilize its own financial position. And the company's growth has been on a a steady upward trajectory for most of the past six months. Uh, And Glenn Messina, the CEO, has given a lot of credit to Liberty for being just a solid performer in Aquin's overall portfolio. So the idea of the parent company making uh, a broader investment in the reverse mortgage space should be encouraging for observers of the industry, but is also colored by uh, other interesting occurrences that have taken place with RMS over the past several years. This is the second time in two years that RMS was acquired by another company. In late 2019, RMS was first acquired by Mortgage Assets Management after a whole host of legal and financial issues were plaguing RMS's previous parent company, Ditech Holding Corporation. Uh, that company aimed to sell RMS in order to resolve some of its other ongoing financial problems. There were a number of legal complications that arose from that that put the original plans for the sales of the servicing businesses in doubt. Uh, but after submitting an amended bankruptcy plan that addressed certain consumer concerns, uh, the presiding bankruptcy judge for Ditech approved the amended plan, legal roadblocks dissipated, and uh, MAM purchased RMS the first time. That sale also ended up serving as the basis for a civil lawsuit filed by MAM against former executives that reportedly helped to facilitate the initial sale. Uh, subjects of that lawsuit previously told RMD that there was no basis for uh, the civil complaint on the part of MAM, and it was settled out of court uh, rather unceremoniously. But all of that to, to say that uh, now... RMS is uh, fully under the purview of Aquin, PHH, and Liberty, and Liberty is certainly looking to the servicing portfolio to expand its presence in the reverse mortgage space. The eighth story on our list was published on April 20th of 2021 and was a look at uh, the career and the uh, the origin, rather, of uh, Orange, California-based NCAR, which was originally founded in 2014. And we, uh, we, we conducted an interview with co-founder and branch manager Omar Anabe, 
Uh, he helped co-found NCAR in its initial form before changing the company's name to a portmanteau of his and his partner's names in 2017. That's where the NCAR comes from. Uh, and they came into the world of reverse mortgages through an initial focus in the world of financial planning, something that the reverse mortgage space at large is obviously very interested in. The thing that I think caught a lot of people's attention on this was the headline because Omar described his origin to get into the reverse mortgage space as the slumdog millionaire of reverse mortgage stories. Slumdog Millionaire, of course, being a, a movie from 2008 that told the story of how an 18-year-old from Mumbai found himself on uh, the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and how it would go on to change his life forever. And the, the way that movie is structured, uh, it, it provides an interesting basis for the way that Omar decided to tell his story to RMD. And I, I'd like to share a quote that he shared. He said, Quote, everything that led me to getting into the reverse mortgage field seems like it was almost on purpose. I wanted to be a financial advisor and go into financial planning, but I got lured in by the big numbers promising me I could make two to $300,000 with no college degree for mortgage companies in the subprime days in 2007. And uh, he had a little bit of a different uh, experience when he decided to devote himself full time to that. And he decided to take things one step further by... Uh, jumping into the reverse mortgage space. And the story tells the full uh, turn of events in terms of how they came up with the NCAR name, as well as uh, their perspectives on the program. It's a, it's a nice story uh, for anybody that uh, listens to our show who is a fan of, uh, of discovering how certain people make it into the reverse mortgage business because a lot of people have very uh, varied stories when it comes to, to their origins in the space. Uh, it's absolutely worth your time. I would certainly take a look at it. The number seven story on our list was published on August 25th and involved the CEO of AARP and the secretary of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. So that's Marsha Fudge, who's the secretary of HUD and the uh, CEO of AARP, Joanne Jenkins, when they were just talking about the state of senior housing and aging in place. And these really marked the first major senior-related public comments made by Secretary Fudge since she was sworn in in the early part of 2021. Uh, that is of natural interest to the RMD audience because a lot of the focus of HUD at large and Secretary Fudge specifically have been more on the uh, the first-time homeowner crowd and expanding the base of home ownership in America. That's been a really big component of the agenda of the Biden-Harris HUD. So uh, giving some, uh, some dedicated lip service to the issues that specifically afflict seniors when it comes to American housing, uh, I think just generated a lot of interest in general for, uh, for the RMD audience. Reverse mortgages didn't get a direct mention, and that's kind of par for the course when it comes to discussions uh, involving AARP. They don't always have the rosiest view of the product category when it comes to just looking at their historical perspectives on it. But they did talk about aging in place as a key component of, uh, of getting seniors' finances and retirements on track. The AARP CEO discussed the conversion, for instance, of a garage into a living space for maybe a senior relative or the construction of a unit on the back of a home for a, a, a senior to live in. And she also discusses how the average cost of care for an adult in a nursing facility is nearly $80,000 a year in the United States. So uh, the ability to adapt an existing home or a child's home 
to allow a loved one, an older loved one to live with them could be a difference maker is one of the things that she talked about. Secretary Fudge also made an interesting observation uh, that she noted since she started her current job, uh, where she said that the issues of seniors might not necessarily get the attention that they need from any housing authority just because there are so many other pressing issues that can affect the housing stability of the entirety of the U.S. population. And that's, of course, before getting into things like homelessness that afflict a lot of American urban centers. So I think this one just had a lot of general interest from the RMD audience uh, and opened up for many people the uh, perspective that Secretary Fudge has on issues that are specific to seniors, although the reverse mortgage product in this instance, as noted previously, was MIA from the discussion. But again, that's not particularly surprising. Number six on our list was published on April 11th and uh, discussed how the White House had unveiled its 2022 budget priorities, uh, including for housing and seniors. So it's always going to be a curious development for the reverse mortgage industry to see how new political leadership will position the Heckam program. And uh, while this proposal, when it was published in April, didn't make specific mention of reverse mortgages, it did at least offer a little bit of insight in terms of making a larger raw dollar funding request for HUD when compared to a uh, figure seen in the previous administration, and also gave service to uh, other priorities that the administration wants to oversee when it comes to housing, including an expansion of affordable housing availability and a new higher level of investment in the Home Investment Partnerships Program. A couple of months after this story was published, that's when the 2022 full budget proposal revealed that uh, that FHA's HECM program was projected to operate at a credit subsidy level, generating more receipts for the federal government than it would pay out in claims for the year's HECM book of business. So that marked a pretty notable improvement in the standing of the reverse mortgage portfolio and the confidence that HUD had in its solvency, as well as the White House. And of course, as we now know, uh, that perspective ultimately did end up playing out when uh, when FHA released its annual report to Congress revealing uh, the performance of the Mutual Mortgage Insurance Fund in 2021. So uh, this was a pretty good sign of things to come just in terms of, uh, of Heckam Book of Business stability overall. And uh, I think our readers were pretty happy to see that housing and seniors were just getting attention from the prime decision makers. Number five on our list was published on March 11th, which was uh, the one-year anniversary of the declaration of the COVID-19 pandemic, incidentally enough. But this announcement pertained to the fact that the Home Equity Conversion Mortgage Program uh, was now officially moving on from the beleaguered London Interbank Offered Rate Index for adjustable rate HECMs and uh, would now instead adopt the Secured Overnight Financing Rate, or SOFR. So this was made official with the publication of Mortgagee Letter 202108. And this was long-awaited guidance. So the new mortgagee letter, quote, removes approval for use of the LIBOR index for adjustable interest rate HECMs and codified the approval of the industry's preferred index, which was SOFR, while providing a timeline for how and when the changes would be implemented. So yeah, this news was a long time coming, and uh, it was hard to uh, ignore the, uh, I guess, the relief, but also just the anticipation that this uh, finally official announcement brought about from the reverse mortgage industry. Uh, I reached out to the president of the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association, Steve Irwin, at the time, and he told me this, quote, 
Through its appropriate use of the authority granted via the Reverse Mortgage Stabilization Act, HUD has promulgated policy that will strengthen Heckam's place in a more broadly accepted and mainstream mortgage market. This policy will also continue to bolster the safety and soundness of the Heckam program, which is always a key consideration in the development of Heckam policies. The letter also set zero as the floor for the index value used to determine the note range to mitigate against uncertainty and risks posed by negative index rates. And along with the announcement, HUD provided model loan documents to include the requirements as defined in the mortgagee letter, including fallback language for future adjustable interest rate index transition events. So at the time of the announcement uh, for LIBOR loans still in the pipelines of lenders and brokers, lenders were able to use the 30-day average SOFR for annually adjustable HECMs uh, for loans that closed on or after May 3rd of last year. And FHA said that it would issue policy regarding existing LIBOR contracts at a future date. I also reached out to a couple of lenders, but they uh, simply deferred to the statement provided by Normala. A couple of other lenders uh, did not return comments in time, although I think that it is pretty safe to say that this guidance was very long awaited, long anticipated, and uh, was certainly uh, welcome on the part of the reverse mortgage industry. Number four on our list was published on July 30th of 2021 uh, and deals with policy related to the pandemic. So relief aimed specifically at homeowners naturally became a concern over the course of the first year of the pandemic. So when FHA announced that it was extending a moratorium on evictions specifically related to foreclosures uh, at the end of uh, September 2021, it garnered a lot of interest, and perhaps more surprising for some was when FHA specifically said that the previously extended foreclosure-specific moratorium would expire on schedule. So for much of the the year preceding this, we had seen stories where moratoriums on foreclosures and evictions were just kind of continuously expanded in tranches. But we were actually going to see that the foreclosure-specific moratorium would in fact end. FHA did provide some reasoning for this. They said that it was to target relief more specifically at households that are severely distressed, and namely those whose foreclosure would have resulted in an eviction. So that moratorium did expire at the end of September, but certain states did decide to extend their own similar restrictions beyond that point in time. And in general, this followed a policy priority of President Biden where he said that uh, federal agencies will use the breadth of the, the full authority of the federal government to extend respective eviction moratoria at least through the end of September in, uh, in, in order to try and provide as much protection for households living in federally insured single-family properties as is feasible. We did reach out for comment to FHA to get some uh, some specific perspective for the reverse mortgage industry on this guidance. They, they didn't get back to us in time, but they just continued uh, at that point and really at any point since to urge any borrowers who could be affected by uh, or negatively impacted by the pandemic to get in touch with their servicers. If I receive uh, common emails from people who are reverse mortgage borrowers. Uh, ultimately, I, I, I kind of lost track over the past year of how many replies that I sent back that just said, get in touch with your servicer. So um, if any originators are in continued contact with their borrowers about uh, how certain relief measures might be able to affect them if they are impacted by the pandemic, 
please uh, just continue to hit that point back to them uh, as much as needed uh, that they need to get in touch with their servicer in order to try and make arrangements directly that way. Number three on our list was a little bit of a predictive piece and was published on January 3rd of 2021. So it was a very early story in the year uh, where RMD lined out uh, four industry trends that we saw coming down the pike for 2021. Uh, Those included changing political priorities at FHA and HUD because of the then impending transition to a new administration, uh, the impact of a higher reverse mortgage lending limit then uh, increased to $822,375, and how that had the potential to impact the proprietary reverse mortgage market, different adjustments that lenders would make to uh, try and incorporate the SOFR index, uh, which we touched on a little bit previously, and just the incorporation of more technology into the reverse mortgage loan process and the borrower experience, um, partially out of necessity because of the pandemic, but also just because it seems that's where uh, that that's the way the wind is blowing. So we speculated at the time that higher lending limits could interact in some way with the proprietary market. That prediction might actually be better suited for this year, for 2022, considering that the uh, increase in the HECM maximum claim amount for this year is just within a stone's throw of a million dollars. So it's it's actually far more possible that a higher lending limit this time might cut into proprietary business, although, of course, that remains to be seen. Uh, We're still in January, so there's a lot of runway left in 2022. Uh, but it's still pretty interesting to think about. But there were a lot of differences to be seen in 2021 when it comes to the posture of the federal government. We've, we've touched on some of those stories, but you know, HUD made it clear that it wanted to focus on remedying potential inequities in home ownership. And we've also seen a notable change in the posture of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Uh, the interim director before uh, now permanent director Rohit Chopra came into office uh, was Dave Awagio, and he pledged when he came in to the acting director position that he would be a very active acting director. Director Chopra, of course, has a longstanding regulatory reputation, um, but as we did predict at this time, transformative changes to Heckam policy were just not to be found in 2021. And that's not altogether surprising considering how the pandemic really did dominate uh, a lot of government policy up to and including the housing arm of the federal government and state governments for that matter. But all in all, I think uh, at least three of these predictions ended up being kind of correct, but you know we'll see how many of them are actually going to apply more to 2022 as opposed to 2021. I thought that was interesting. Number two on our list is a relatively recent story, and it's not altogether surprising. It was published on November 30th, and um, it's funny because when I started drafting this story, it was about how uh, the the Federal Housing Finance Agency announced it would be increasing its conforming loan limits on mortgages to be acquired by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Um, by the end of the day, I was writing up the new lending limit, and that has never happened while, I, uh, while I've been in the, the quote-unquote desk at RMD or been in the chair behind the desk at RMD, whatever you want to call it. The release of a new home equity conversion mortgage program lending limit always always garners significant interest among our audience, understandably so. It's, it could potentially dictate the direction 
uh, of their business for the next year. But the way in which the new limit was rolled out, it was very unconventional. So uh, this was a, uh, I believe it was a Thursday night in November. Uh, FHA just raised the lending limit for the HECM program on the same day that FHFA announced its increase in conforming loan limits. And, uh, and that was uh, a bit unusual and, and required some, uh, some late work on my part just to make sure that I had all the, the, the T's crossed and the I's dotted to make sure I had all the details correct for our readers. Um, but it understandably garnered a lot of interest. So on top of the unusual cadence for the announcements, the lending limit itself for 2022 now stands at $970,800. So that's a pretty rapid increase in terms of the pace, uh, which is largely fueled by the high levels of home price appreciation that we saw over the course of the, the previous year. So with a reverse mortgage lending limit of very nearly a million dollars, some of the industry speculated at the time when we reached out to people that the proprietary market could be negatively impacted, as we discussed a little bit previously. And this largely just seems to be a move made to keep up with the fact that home values are higher. Uh, HPA, at the same point one year prior, did not accelerate as quickly as it appeared to be moving in 2021, uh, at least based on FHFA data. So significantly higher home prices across the country naturally affect the proverbial height of the barrier to entry for low to moderate income borrowers and first time home buyers alike. Uh, and the forward market could be negatively affected if the federal government doesn't keep pace with higher home values. So the strength of home price appreciation was mentioned in a commentary that was published on RMD by former Deputy HUD Secretary Brian Montgomery. Uh, he said that HPA in general was a major contributing factor to the improved performance of the HECM portfolio inside the MMI fund. So overall, uh, it looks like the reverse mortgage program in 2021 just kind of sailed on the coattails of higher home price appreciation for the year. And that ultimately culminated in this rather high lending limit that we have for 2022. Uh, how things are going to be affected into the rest of the year is anybody's guess. Rates are starting to go up. That uh, has the potential to affect volume in terms of new originations as well as refinances. So time will tell, of course, but uh, naturally, a new lending limit of over $970,000 for 2022, very close to a million, uh, garnered a lot of interest from our readers. And now we have reached the number one story, the most read story on RMD in 2021 involved the White House announcing an extended foreclosure moratorium and the delay of certain servicing revisions. Um, so this was indicative of a lot of the political change that had been seen over the course of the year up to that point. Uh, the Joe Biden administration announced that there would be yet another delay of, of uh, moratorium on foreclosures stemming from the pandemic. And those were, of course, first instituted the prior year under the Donald Trump administration. Earlier in the year, the White House had also announced a series of revisions to single-family mortgage servicing policies, including a new defect taxonomy. And um, that is now pushed into March of 2022. So we're not even there yet. Uh, it remains to be seen if the new guidelines are going to go into effect as scheduled. 
as a new and more virulent COVID-19 variant is hitting the American health system pretty hard. So I think that a lot of the interest on this just kind of comes down to the fact that, you know, in June of 2021, the Biden administration was still very new and therefore kind of an unknown entity. So a lot of RMD readers were probably uh, very tuned in to any policy change that had the potential to affect HUD and American housing and by extension, the, uh, the home equity conversion mortgage program. So this is another instance in which homeowners who had been negatively impacted by the pandemic were targeted for specific kinds of relief. And the Biden administration really aimed to step up and, uh, and, and make clear that, uh, they were listening. Probably of more specific interest to, uh, to the reverse mortgage industry though was that that delay in, uh, the servicing guidelines. So in late April of 2021, HUD published an update for revisions to the FHA single family housing handbook 4000.1. And that included the latest version of the defect taxonomy. And both FHA and HUD in the months since have been aiming to streamline, uh, HECM policy guidance as much as possible so that, uh, people don't need to reference a lot of disparate mortgagee letters. And we're just starting to see that come into focus now. So there you have it. Those are the top 10 most read stories on RMD for the year. Some surprising additions there, but you never know what stories are going to catch fire with this readership in particular. But as is always the case, RMD is going to do its very best to make sure that the reverse mortgage industry gets the news that it needs and the news that it can use over the course of uh, of the daily work that uh, that originators, brokers, underwriters, executives, government officials do on a regular basis. And I hope that you continue to stick with us uh, through 2022 and beyond. We'll have some interesting announcements in terms of our coverage to, uh, to unveil over the next couple of months. And of course, since RMD is now a publication under the umbrella of HW Media, uh, that uh, acquisition by HW Media for our publication is starting to coalesce in some new and interesting ways. And I hope that, uh, that all of our audience pays attention to what we have to say. And I hope that you guys get excited about some potential opportunities that will hopefully come your way and our way uh, in 2022 and beyond. So thank you very much for listening to this atypical episode of the RMD podcast. Please be sure to, uh, to join us next month for an all new episode where we will return to our original format. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you for listening to this month's RMD podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the reverse mortgage industry's most trusted news source. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. Until next time.